Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, listeners, healers, coaches, authors, transformation catalysts, and spiritual seekers. You're here with me, your host, Louise Crooks, the Keys to Clarity Coach on Keys to Clarity Radio. I'm a holistic business coach and a visibility strategist for folks in the healing and well-being profession, as well as a speaker, author, and, of course, radio show host. I'm all about helping you get the word out about what you do and sharing how you can attract your ideal clients into your community. You get to do it authentically while being prosperous and making a difference. I believe in spiritual alignment with all that you do. In living this way, we can live the lives we truly desire. I love online visibility as a way to help solopreneurs, and I spell that S-O-U-L-opreneurs, build their businesses, which is one of the reasons why Keys to Clarity Radio was born at the beginning of 2008. And I just have to say that this is our birthday week, so we are seven years old. Can you believe it? (laughs) So Keys to Clarity Radio has been here for you to support soul-driven business owners to success through spiritual, emotional, personal, and business growth through the expertise of the most amazing guests and leading-edge discussions. Feel free to browse the archives to find recordings of shows with guests the likes of Marsha Weeder, Addy Brown, Michael Port, Mary Allen, Michael Lozier, just to name a few. And we'll be adding to those illustrious names today. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. So be sure to get the updates about what's coming up on the show, as well as ways to increase your visibility and grow your community by visiting by visiting keystoclarity.com. That's keystoclarity.com. Before we jump in and get started, just a couple of little important details. Feel free to um, tweet while uh, listening to the show. And if you'd like to use a, um, a link, you can use http colon forward slash forward slash budurl.com, budurl.com forward slash ES for elevator speech, ES, transition. I thought that was a nice way to say kill. (laughs) ES, transition. And um, if you'd like to tweet as well, um, use the hashtag KTC radio. We'd love to see who's listening and um, tracking the show. Great. We also have a chat room open to connect with like-minded listeners, and um, we love having questions coming through um, through the chat as well. So feel free to do that and connect with, connect with us there. So let's now get on with the show. <laughs> so I'm really delighted to um, welcome our guest today. Her name is Felicia Slattery, and um, she's part of a, a community of people I know really well. And I'm, I'm excited to have her here. And I was so excited to see the book that she'd written, which is called Kill the Elevator Speech. Um, start, set, uh, stop Selling, Start Connecting. And um, I just thought, wow, that could really help um, you guys. And, and you know, it's, a, it's such a, a conundrum, isn't it, for so many of us who network and want to connect with people and feel really icky around this idea of having this elevator pitch. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. A little bit about our guest, um, Felicia Slattery, um, is on a mission 
to motivate, inspire, and train smart business owners and entrepreneurs to create meaningful connections through effective communication and public speaking. She's an internationally acclaimed and award-winning professional speaker, a number one best-selling author of Kill the Elevator Speech and 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking, and the creator of the trademarked signature speech system. Felicia presents to audiences large and small on topics related to communication, speaking, and being a successful entrepreneur. As a cancer survivor, Felicia's enthusiastic passion for communication is contagious because she knows that one important message delivered with power can transform a life. She works with experts and entrepreneurs to help them more effectively communicate their messages on and off stages while building and maintaining strong relationships locally, nationally, and globally, both in person and virtually using the Internet. And you can find out more about Felicia at feliciaslattery.com. And um, we're just tracking the the number of people who are going to Felicia's site through our our show. So if you would use this um, particular link, that would be great. It's keystoclarity.com forward slash elevator. Keystoclarity.com forward slash elevator. All right. So welcome, welcome, Felicia. Thank you, Louise. Thanks so much for having me. What a great introduction and cool discussion of your show. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know that uh, you are in um, at a conference at the moment at NAMS, and, and um, I see all the action happening on Facebook and um, all these uh, posts from various colleagues of mine who obviously know you really well. And um, it's just really exciting to see what you're up to. And I believe you've just come out of a... Um, uh, um, presentation. So thank you for making the time to be here with us. I really appreciate it. I did. Thank you so much. Yeah, I kept my eye on my clock because I wanted to be here to be right on time for your show. So <laughs> I'm ready to dive in. Yeah, well, warmed awesome. up for you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thrilled that you wrote this book. I think it's just such a um, a, a huge challenge and a big topic that needs talking about and um you know I've, I've actually been reading your book I'm not all the way through yet but um I've been really enjoying you know reading um different aspects of of your thoughts around this and it's just been very um illuminating so I hope that we get to do that today you know through this call as well through this um interview and um I'm just thrilled for us to to dive in so um, Felicia, let's just clarify for our listeners um, what we actually mean by an elevator speech first before we get into anything else. Okay, so, well, that makes sense, right? Um, mm. I actually am the creator of something called the signature speech. And people are like, well, wait, what is that? Is that the elevator speech? Is this, What kind of speech is this, right? So the elevator speech is that speech that when you go into business, People say, well, you better not go to a networking meeting if you don't have two things. You should have a business card and you need an elevator speech. Mm-hmm. And the elevator speech is what you say when somebody asks you what you do. And you better have yeah. a speech put together that says, you know, that's really clear and that says exactly what you do and, and that gets people to get excited and say, oh, tell me more. Or, oh, I want to hire you. 
So that's, and they say it should be anywhere between 30 seconds and two minutes, depending on who you listen mm-hmm. to. Um, so that's, kind of, you know, the, the speech where you introduce yourself at a meeting of any kind where somebody says, what do you do? Mm, yeah. It's um, it's a really complicated one, that, and I know you're going to dive into this a little bit more. So I'd love to hear what's actually, um, you know, what actually inspired you um, to write this book. You know, that we're going to, um, you know, I think is a preface for this wonderful conversation. Um, I'm excited yeah, well, for you to share that. Yeah, well, funny thing is that uh, you mentioned uh, Michael Port on mm. uh, one of your guests before. And Michael yes, and I were at... been on a few times. <laughs> yeah, we were at an event in Chicago. He's great. And we were both speaking. And as we speakers tend to do, you know, we we stay in the room to support each other and um, kind of sit in the way back. And for years, I've been a, I've been a speaking coach and uh, public speaking teacher, and worked at colleges and universities around the Chicago area teaching public speaking. And I've been doing this for a long time. And people have always said to me, "Oh, you need to do a class. I would love for you to do a class on 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 an elevator speech and how to do them because I really need help with mine and I'm not sure what to say or how to say it." And every time people would say that to me, I would have to say, I'm never going to teach a class on the elevator speech over my dead body. Am I going to do that? And then I have to explain why it was so bad, right? So now fast forward to the moment I'm sitting in Michael in the audience listening to Michael Port. And Michael says, you know what we should do? We should just kill the elevator speech. Louise, I'm telling you now, I heard the angel chorus sing. I had rays of light coming from above, and I had that moment oh. and I knew that was the title of my next book I was like that's the book I'm going to write Kill the Elevator Fabulous. I'm writing it so um, and the funny thing is I called it I, I, the, the, the story is really interesting I know your mm. listeners are going to appreciate this but you know there are mm-hmm. no accidents in the world um, Absolutely. The, per- the, the, the person who is the, the head of the publishing house um, that I ultimately published my book with. I had never met him before. Um, I didn't know mm-hmm. who he was. He sent me an email, and one of their other authors had put my name in the hat and said, oh, here's somebody who might be willing to give an endorsement for my book. So he just sent me an email and said, oh, would you endorse you know, so-and-so's book, another colleague? And mm-hmm. I sent back an email and said, sure. By the way, I have an idea for a book. Can we talk? <laughs> and we, we were on Bully the phone for you, a couple of days. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, listen, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Um, yeah, exactly. We were on the phone within uh, 24, 48 hours. And on that phone call, in the very first time that I met this person who didn't know who I was from Adam, um, we he loved it. He said, yes, let's do the book. And only after uh, after that conversation, and I started to get messages from the rest of the publishing house and all of the other folks that, that you're supposed to work with before you actually get to talk to the to the head guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently, I circumvented a whole lot of stuff, but it's wow. because this book needed to get written, and um, so I'm excited about it. It also just shows you, you know, when you take advantage of an opportunity, and plus having a really powerful um, title for the book and a very mm-hmm. edgy topic that people really need to hear about, and is a challenge. You know, it's, it's that sweet spot of. Um, you know, a sweet formula, you know, that really gets people to say yes. And you were just, you were just so positioned for that. Um, mm-hmm. Felicia, I'm so excited for you that that happened for you. 
<laughs> it's not easy to be published by a publishing house these days. So, you know, it was um, a real kismet that you were meant to do this. It was indeed. It was. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, and then, ap- not too long after that, actually, you mm-hmm. mentioned in my bio that I'm a cancer survivor. Um, yeah. I was healthy when I said yes. And then within six months of that conversation, um, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah, wow. And I sent a note to my publisher, and I said, so you have to tell me, have any of your authors gone to the length of actually getting cancer so that they could miss their deadline? I just have to know. <laughs> and he said, nope, you're the first. Wow. <laughs> okay, so in the meantime, uh, we're putting that on hold for a little bit, and I had surgery and uh, was totally cured from that and was you know, was only out for three months, really. So um, it was it was amazing, and then I picked up where I left off and finished the book and got it done and have a cool mm. story to tell. So you know, this it book. Sounds, I mean, it sounds like it really um, created more inspiration for you around this book, just in terms of yeah. that experience. Uh, um, Felicia, would you say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of um, you know, there was a lot that uh, I wasn't sure. I really wasn't. I wasn't sure what I was. You know, like maybe I'm not like I'm a speaker and I got mm-hmm. lung cancer and I had zero risk factors for lung cancer. I was very mm-hmm. young um, as far as lung cancer patients go. I have never smoked. I never had. I was never mm-hmm. exposed to radon or asbestos or I, I literal zero risk factors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, I again, I think your listeners will resonate with this. I mean, this was something that I I really thought about and prayed about and said, well, like mm-hmm. what. Uh, am I, all right, if you don't, if I'm not supposed to be doing this, what am I supposed to do? I need a sign mm-hmm. or something. Hit me upside the head. Cancer mm-hmm. is kind of a two by four. So what should I be doing? Yeah. Paying attention to. And um, the next day, in my inbox. Now I hadn't checked email for months, and mm-hmm. um, I hadn't been online. But I was like, oh, let me just see what's on my internet. You know, so I was checking on my mm-hmm. phone, and I had an email from like one of these career sites. I don't even know how that even happened because I've been an entrepreneur for a lot of years. I didn't have anything on mm-hmm. any career sites. And the description of the job was word for word what I was doing in my business. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, so I should be doing that? Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> Keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know. Maybe I need to do it bigger or better. I don't know what. So anyway, it was just, it was really, um, you know, a lot of amazing I will say coincidences, but we know that yes. uh, a lot of synchronicities. Up. Synchronicities, mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. And so now the book yeah. is out there, and people are reading it, and we're talking about it on the radio. Yay! Yeah, yeah, it's so exciting. And um, you know, we always, uh, you know, we get thrown into these deep challenges that life presents. You know, and. and you know, it's only afterwards and once you've gone through the struggle that you tend to understand that there was a reason for that experience, you know. It always seems mm-hmm. like a, you know, why me when when we're in it, you know. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the bigger picture and, you know, what you're called to do, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, as you said in your, your bio that um, you're really called to support people and getting a message out there, you know, and that it's really important because of what people are suffering with and struggling with. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, I love Michael Port, and I, I'm glad that you um, you were able to connect with him as well. It's uh, it's funny how these yeah. things happen. So, well, he actually wrote. So I thought I, I, he wrote me forward to the book. Yeah, I read it. I read it. That's so that awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. So, 
Why are you so sure, um, Felicia, why we should not use an elevator speech? Um, oh. And I guess it would also be good to know what the difference between a speech and a pitch is. Um, I'm sure you'll probably cover that in this question. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, really, it's it's a matter of semantics. Some people call it an elevator speech. Other people call it an mm-hmm. elevator pitch. I, mm-hmm. I use the phrase speech because, first of all, Michael used it. Secondly, because mm-hmm. I'm a speech teacher, so that's what I taught mm-hmm. people. Um, but it's really, it's essentially the same thing. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the reason they don't work, gosh, there's so many. Um, but it's not, like, the first reason is that most of the time, if you were to say to people, oh, how do you feel about the elevator speech? Do you like the elevator speech? Overwhelmingly, <laughs> people go, I hate it. <laughs> I hate having to figure out what I'm going to say. I can always yeah. tell when somebody's practice theirs, and it makes me feel worse because now they have one and I don't. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. I feel like I'm not being professional. And the people who have them, they kind of feel like, yeah, you know, it just seems so weird to just say this thing. And, you know, I took a class or I took some training or I wrote this thing up because somebody told me, some coach, somebody somewhere said I should have this. So I wrote Mm -hmm. it up and I say it every time. But, I don't know, it just feels weird because then, you know, sometimes people say, tell me more. But other times they just say, okay. (laughs) And that's it. Mm -hmm. So people just don't like them. But beyond that, um, you know, I come from an academic background. So I did some research. And research shows that actually putting your time, effort, and energy into creating an elevator speech is truly a waste of time because people are only going to remember two to four words about what you said. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Two to four words. In fact, there were mm. research studies done that when people were listening specifically for information, they only remembered 17.2% of what was being told to them when they were listening for information. Now, at a networking meeting, we're not listening for information. We're there shaking hands and we're kind of thinking about, I want to make my way over to that food bar because it looks like there's some good desserts over there. Oh, I saw somebody I need to chat with over there. Oh, gosh, I was late and I'm thinking about the traffic in my car and I'm glad I didn't run out of gas. Like all these things, we're preoccupied by all these things in our minds, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're only remembering 17% of what, um, you know, of what we're being told when we're listening for information. And we know for sure that people are only going to remember two to four words about what we say. The elevator <laughs> speech is a gigantic waste of time. Yeah. So that's not that makes that. sense. <laughs> right? It's just silly. Um, yeah. And then, well, and it wasn't you know, meant for that purpose in the first place, was it, initially? No. The elevator speech, the, the origins of it really was a true pitch. And it was because, uh, and, and, and in fact, there is a time for that today, and it's with mm-hmm. venture capitalists. Venture capitalists right. are you know, sometimes called angel investors. They're the people mm-hmm. who have a whole lot of money to invest in people with really big ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, like, kind of like if people are watch, ever watch that TV show Shark Tank, when folks oh, I love there, it. Okay, <laughs> me too. So what they do in the beginning, that's a pitch to capital, venture capital. And that, those people are really they're acting as venture capitalists um, right. without using that term. So they're doing a pitch to those folks. If that's what you're doing, then you do need a pitch, and it does need to be short, and it does need to be succinct, and it does need to be good, and they do need to be able to go, yeah, I might be interested in buying that. Yeah, exactly. It's about saying, I'm going to give you money for that. Thank you very much. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So why it doesn't work for people 
when you're meeting folks, even if you're in a room full of every single person who could be your ideal perfect client, which is almost never the case, but let's just pretend it is, you still don't need to give a pitch because it's when somebody shakes your hand, they're, you know, you're saying hello, you're meeting each other for the first time. That's not the moment to sell them. That's not the environment. It's not, someone's not going to a networking meeting thinking, ooh, I'm going to go and try to maybe buy something from somebody today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's mm-hmm. thinking that. And, you know, what mm-hmm. they're thinking about is the challenges that they're having in their lives and the, and the issues that they're dealing with. And maybe I could find somebody to help me figure this out. That would be cool if I could yeah. do that. Or I wonder if somebody could help me. Right now we're, we're remodeling parts, you know, a couple things in our home, and I was looking for a tiler. Like, I need somebody to tile my floor. That's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I wonder if anybody at this meeting knows somebody who's really good at that because that's a job that could get messed up, and if you mess it up, it could be, oh, it's a pain in the neck to get it up. So I'd love to be referred to somebody who's good at that. Does that have anything to do with business? No, it doesn't. But if you were able to refer me to somebody who could put down tile really and did a great job, am I going to remember you forever and be thankful? Yes, I am. And so people are going to meetings with these issues in their heads, not necessarily, oh, I'd like to go and meet somebody, you know, who can help me do something completely unrelated. But that's we come as whole human beings. And, you know, this is a very holistic way of looking at speaking to people, meeting people, and doing business. We're not just, oh, I'm in this room now as a business person, and I, you know, now I've left the room and I'm going to my house, so now I'm a a mom at my house. You're the Mm -hmm. same person all the time, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. whenever Mm -hmm. you are. And it's just, you know, it's a matter now of, well, let's have a conversation and see who who you are and here's who I am. And it's just, it's a much it's a nicer way. I mean, you know, the word nice, I think, is a little bit overused and maybe has lacked some meaning. But it truly is nice to meet someone and, and, and be able to feel a connection with that person. Or, in some cases, maybe not make a connection because, for whatever reason, there's some, you know, we've met people where there wasn't something, you know, we, didn't know, we don't know exactly what it was about that person, but there was something a little bit where it was like, hmm, maybe there isn't a good connection there. And that's okay, mm-hmm. too, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll meet someone, and then you'll meet some, you know, you'll meet someone else, and everybody's still happy. So mm-hmm. anyway, I just, yeah, I'm. I, I think you can tell I'm pretty passionate that this is yeah. just not the best way to go. <laughs> Do you think there's a a challenge, um, or like um, a duality in a sense? Because when people go to these networking meetings, they they want to create business for themselves, but they don't want to be sold to. I know. That's not silly. So um, that's, an- that's, that's another part of this is there's a mindset that when you go to a networking meeting, and this is very difficult because a lot of people who go to networking meetings, they need business. They're not, they're exactly. not in a position where they're, you know, they're making great money. and think, you know, People go to networking meetings because they're like, oh, the current people I got aren't buying, so I've yeah. got to go find new people. And that's where yeah. they think they're going to go find new people. So, yeah, we you know a lot of folks go there with that mindset. That's the absolute wrong mindset because what happens is on uh, on a, you communicate um, in a very different way. The energy that comes out of your body, the way you stand, the way you look, the way you speak, the words you sound of your voice, all of these are nonverbal communication factors. And it and it that thing that I said earlier about. Um, you know, I don't really know what it was about that person, but I don't, I really didn't feel like there was a connection. I really didn't feel like I liked that. That's because of mm-hmm. their nonverbal behaviors that they were sending mm-hmm. out that maybe they weren't even aware of. 
And yeah. so when you go to a networking meeting and you're think and you have that desperation of mm-hmm. I need to find new clients and I got to find them now and I want to leave this meeting with three new potential clients or one person who said yes I want to buy your stuff whatever that is mm-hmm. it's a totally different situation than flipping the mindset and saying you know what I'm going to go to this meeting and I am looking forward to meeting some people and I'm going to see how I'm going to try to help five people and mm-hmm. help is a totally different situation than sell because maybe they are not ever going to be a perfect client for me but I can still help them maybe they need they need somebody to be referred to a tile person or maybe they mm-hmm. need a babysitter well I guess what I have a kid at my house who's a great babysitter where do you live oh you're close by well let me give you her card I can carry mm-hmm. her babysitting card in my wallet great you know is that going to make is that going to help me in my business no but does it help them solve a problem yes it helps them solve a problem so um mm-hmm. you know or maybe I know somebody that they could be introduced to. I know thousands of people. I mean, lots and lots of people. So, like, tell me, who are your perfect clients? Tell me what's your biggest dream. What is you, What are you interested in doing more or next? Or what's your project that you're working on? And as people start to share their stories, and that's, this, is, this is the secret sauce, as, as mm-hmm. you invite people to share their stories, now you can find a way to help them. Perhaps there's someone who could be a good client for you. But mm-hmm. that's, it, that's truly immaterial. Your goal is I'm going to try to help some folks. Because when yeah. this, is a, this is another karma thing, right? The more people you go to help, the more they come back, the more people are going to try to help you. And, it's a, mm-hmm. and if, can you imagine what kind of an amazing, beautiful world we would live in if every person walked around thinking, oh, the day to help? If yeah. everybody <laughs> felt like them. How cool would that be? Especially what our experiences would be like at a networking meeting if that was everyone's attitude. (laughs) Right. That would be one kind of an amazing networking meeting where suddenly it's not about networking. If we could go to networking meetings um, from a place of love instead of a place of fear, you know, that would also be kind of interesting. The world would be a better place tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> if we mm-hmm. can do that absolutely yeah it's a, yeah it's a it's a real conundrum because i think you know if you can shift that mindset going into a, into a networking meeting um rather than it being all about you you know and, and flipping it to to others and you know looking at a longer term strategy rather than a, an immediate reward you know i think um mm-hmm. that would really help but um, let's uh, let's just go back to um, you know this big question. Then you know if it's if if not an elevator speech, what should we say when people ask us what we do? You know because we have okay. to be able to create some kind of impact, don't we? Yes. Here's the thing: people are going to say what people are going to ask you. What do you do? Because that's the business business equivalent of how are you. When when we see folks we haven't seen in a while, hi, how are you? We don't yeah. actually mean we want you to say, oh, my bursitis and my right knee is acting up, and <laughs> I had a headache yesterday. It was awful. Like we don't. That nobody wants to hear that, right? <laughs> so don't like that's. It's the same thing when they say, what do you do? It's because they have no other language. They don't know what mm. else to ask. So it's so, not necessarily that you they're actually asking what do you do. It's really just a, a how do you do kind of a, a statement. Exactly. <laughs> it's an opener to a conversation that they hope mm-hmm. might somehow start. Oh, interesting. That, so they didn't ask the right question. 
So I would like to teach the only five words that you'll ever need to know. Now, I actually threw out a minute ago a couple other questions that you could ask, but let's just make it easy. Okay, so five words. Here they are. How did you get started? Mm. You asked the person that you met. Now, you don't even have to know what they do. Some people go to networking meetings and they have a, they have a little badge, you know, and it's like they, the, mm-hmm. the pre-printed badge and it says what they what they do. I love those people because that question is really easy then. You can go, oh, look, I see that you're a, you know, Susan, mm-hmm. I see you're a real estate person. All right, you have to tell me how did you start, how did you start in your real estate career? Did you always want to be a real estate person or did you like fall into that? I got to hear that story. Mm-hmm. Now you just ask somebody to share their story and here's what happens in that moment. Two things, actually. The first thing is you don't have to hear her elevator speech if she's got one because the elevator speech is triggered always by one question, what do you do? If you don't ever ask that question, you'll never have to be verbally vomited on ever again. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's so exciting, (laughs) right? So now you get the step to the right and you go, I'm going to avoid the verbal vomit. I'm going to say another question. And in that moment, something happens in her brain where even if she's got an elevator speech, she's not, the trigger is not, is not switched. So a different trigger gets switched. The trigger that is remembering a happy moment in her life. Because usually when we've started something and we keep doing it, how we started is usually a happy memory. It's usually like, oh, gosh, I got into this because whatever. And they're going to tell you their story. So they'll often look up to the left or the right, depending on how they're, in particular brain works, they'll look up to the left or the right, and they will smile, and they'll say, oh, now they're remembering their story. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in that moment, you have made a different kind of connection with that person than anyone else in the room because you've connected with them on an emotional level, and the emotion was positive. That's yeah. what people will remember. People like to tell their stories, don't they? They like to talk about themselves, so... You know, you're putting the conversation into the perfect frame um, yep. for for getting to know one another. Yep. And the best salespeople know this. And you know, all, mm-hmm. most sales trainings will tell you that the more, the less you speak, the more you sell. So, yeah. the and and this is a communication principle: the less you talk, the more the other person likes you, because you're mm-hmm. giving them a chance to talk. So the more yeah. and the more that they get to chat about themselves. And the more you are interested in them, the more they leave that conversation thinking, wow, you know what, that really, she was a really nice lady. Yeah. Yeah. And the lovely thing about that, Felicia, is we don't have to do all the, all the work. <laughs> exactly. You almost have to do none of the work. That's the thing. You ask them about a happy moment. Now you've associated yourself to a happy memory for them, and they're going mm-hmm. to associate you because people, again, words they're going to remember two to four words so when somebody asks you what you do then you just kind of flip it and you 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 answer that question you can answer Mm -hmm. the how you got started question but also say the two to four words right so i i go to i go to a a weekly um networking meeting it's called a leads group and Mm -hmm. a lot of people go to these leads kind of organizations right and it's kind of one Mm -hmm. like there's one mortgage person and one real estate person and one Uh, you know, painting and photography all the way around the table. Mm -hmm. So I can look at those people. And like I said, like there's real estate person. That's three words. There are two words, I guess, if you think real estate. There's mortgage. There's, you know, that's one word. It's two words. Mm -hmm. Maybe in some Mm -hmm. cases it's three words to mind about those people. And I've been going to that meeting for like seven years now. 
And I know a lot of these people very well. But again, it's those two to four instant words that pop up. And then I know what my relationship is with them based on how over the years they've made me feel. Mm. And that's what we're going to remember. So have your two to four words. Make them easy words. Don't use ridiculous terms that are like, you know, I'm chief monkey wrangler. What the heck? Does, what does that mean? <laughs> chief monkey wrangler. What? Like, what do you do? I do accounting of crazy numbers. Oh, how is that monkey wrangling? I mean, like, we've all heard people have these crazy, you know, terms for what they do. And it's like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah, Just people me, like, need to understand. We we want to we want something with zing to kind of make our our um our work sound more interesting and mm-hmm. you know kind of set ourselves apart by being clever with those kind of things. But it actually doesn't it it can backfire for sure. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, absolutely. Because what happens is people we all have in our brains we have we've got all of these boxes and we need to know what box. We need what box should somebody go in? That's not a bad thing to be put into an organizational box in someone's mind as mm-hmm. as whatever it is that we do. I am mm-hmm. a massage therapist. Great. I am a hypnotist. Great. I know what that means. I yes. don't fully know exactly, but now okay, so cool. So I got that, and now I I'm going to talk about how I got started. Well, actually, you know being a hypnotist is kind of an unusual thing in some circles. And I started when I was blah, 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 and this is what happened, and this is how I went. So now you're telling your story because Mm -hmm. people are going to remember the stories way more than they remember the facts. So we've given them the the little box so that they can be the the familiar piece. And here's the cool thing, and kind of the really, um, kind of the rub for, for folks who have tried to be creative is that the more creative you try to be in trying to stand out, in some cases, the more confusing you are, and that makes you less memorable. But what Mm -hmm. brings you back full circle is keep it simple and then make that emotional positive connection by asking them how they got started. You could ask what their favorite thing is about what they do. You could ask them about their most exciting project that they've been uh, that they've worked on in the past. You ask anything positive. I like to say mm-hmm. how did you get started because it, it goes back to a happy moment, and then it kind of brings people full uh, in, full into the future where they are now into the present. I should say, um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's there's some there's again some secret sauce around that phrase how you got started, and you can say however you want, but um, it's it's cool. I've, I've a lot of folks who have done read the book and it's have gone out and they've done that. They've sent me messages and they go, I had the best networking meeting I've ever been to. People were so excited to talk to me and people wanted, and we had, I had great conversations. That's what it's about, having great conversations. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's all about connection, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So that that makes a lot of sense, what you said so far, uh, Felicia, and I think there are different situations, aren't there, um, where they people still need some type of introduction um, in certain situations. You know, I think one of them is the, you know, that situation where you're in a networking group and they go around the room and you have 30 seconds to introduce yourself, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage something like that, you know? Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, if you think for a second about the definition of a speech, 
as when one person stands up and there are many listening. That's the definition of a speech. It doesn't make sense, you know, back to why we don't even why we don't want to do these things. It doesn't make sense to deliver a speech to one person. However, there are yeah. times, like at that networking meeting, where they say, let's go around, everybody introduce each other so mm-hmm. that we all know who we are. Here's how you stand out and be memorable then. Forgo anything, any, any kind of elevator speech training that you've ever had and be <laughs> there to serve the people. Give them a tip. Tell them who you are. And a little bit, you know, you, a, a sentence is fine. Um, give them those two to four words because that's all they're going to remember. Give them the two to four Mm -hmm. words, okay? Then share a tip, and you can share a tip by way of a story. Mm. People are going to remember the story, and they're going to remember the tip. They're going to remember that you tried to help them. And the tip should not be hire me. That's not a tip. Oh, you're laughing. That's a self-serving that tip that is. <laughs> I will tell you what. I have been at networking meetings where I, I was going to be the speaker, and they said, oh, let's have, before we go around the room, let's have Felicia, you know, share a minute about how to do this. And this was before I got up and gave my whole thing, right? So, mm-hmm. I, okay, we'll do that. I was shocked at how many people, their tip was, well, hire me to do your painting. Here's your tip. Hire, like, are you kidding me? Here's the, <laughs> all right, I'll tell you the, the best one I've ever heard is a real, uh, not a real estate agent. It was a, a life insurance guy. Now, life mm-hmm. insurance, already, we're not, already we're falling asleep, right? Life insurance, are you kidding me? Yeah. How, okay, this guy stood up. He was a young, he was a young man, probably in his late 20s, early 30s. And he said, my tip is to do something on your, on your big bucket list every single year of your life. He said, my dad and my brother and I, we went, we didn't, we didn't climb all the way to the top in the Himalayas, but we went and climbed mountains in the, in the Himalayas. And we had an amazing experience. It was, and then he talked about being at the base camp and what that looked like mm-hmm. and what that felt like. And we experienced this, you know, food. And he said, uh, you know, when, when we were there, it was just, to see how these people lived and how simple it was to see, you know, how little they needed to to survive and be happy and and live lives. When we come back mm-hmm. here and we saw how we live here, it's, it's such amazing excess. But it was a, it was such a wonderful experience that I got to have with my dad and my brother. And mm-hmm. I just want to encourage everybody in the room to, if you don't already have a big bucket list like that of big things you want to do over the course of your life, make a list and every single year do one. My name is, and I sell life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in their room remembers the life insurance dude. Yeah, I can imagine. And then and there's, I mean, it's, there's, it's there's an inference there. I'm telling a, this story. Yeah, and there's an inference there, isn't there, with that story that when you go on big trips like that, you need insurance. <laughs> yes. Yes, and the other inference is I went with my dad, and my dad's getting a little older, and he better have insurance because when he goes, I want we need to he need to be insured. Yeah, yep. I mean there's some there's pieces there, but mm-hmm. it was completely not about insurance. Yeah, yeah, that's very clever. I love that um, example. Mm-hmm. It's yep. really great. Yeah, yep. and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well because. I've had clients who, you know, have multiple modalities and then they're struggling to tell the audience, you know, what um, what they do because they want to include all of it in one go. 
What do you say mm-hmm. to that? Oh, okay. So this is this is interesting. Um A lot of folks feel like, well, I have all these different modalities, and I um, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to say everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And I actually use something that I call the magazine test. And mm-hmm. the magazine test is um, is a way that you can look at what you do and realize that even though to you, in our minds, people who are experts, we look at every single thing we do as an individual little piece. And we know so much about each one of those individual pieces. It feels overwhelming. To people who don't know anything at all about what we do, it's kind of all the same. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really kind of is. So let's just mm-hmm. say somebody does, um, you know, let's say somebody does Reiki and somebody and the same person does massage and the same person does mm-hmm. aromatherapy. Now, yeah. for people who know what that really truly means, you could spend your entire life learning and being an expert in any of those three areas and never mm-hmm. touch on the other ones. To somebody mm-hmm. who's outside of that, my back hurts and I'm tired all the time. Mm. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So, again, we think like, wow, there's like, what do we do? So how you answer that is you can say, well, I practice a number of healing. Um, and you could say modalities if, if it's that's that's feel like a good word mm-hmm. to you. You could say healing techniques for, and then instead of focusing again on you, focus on who you do it for. For mm-hmm. moms who are busy with back pain or for, um, you know, executives who are constantly harried and, uh, you know, for people who have oh, mystery illnesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hairy man over there. <laughs> That's a real problem, that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother problem. I got a laughing person on the line. Line five. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I think then the then the challenge comes where you have someone who has multiple modalities. I'm putting on your spot here a little bit. Felicia has mo- multiple modalities, and then has a number of things that they feel they can do for their clients. So they feel like just talking about one thing like that um, can limit them. And you and I both know that, you know, niching ourselves and focusing in on a certain group with certain issues is a good thing. But what would you say to someone who is challenged by that? Okay. Ask that question one more time. So, you know, you've got one, you've got a person who does Reiki, Mm -hmm. aromatherapy, massage, but they mm-hmm. can help not only moms with um, back pain, but they can also help um, sports um, a- athletes, you know, with... Um, um, oh, you know, okay. With so they have multiple back. audiences. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, pick one. That's, okay. I mean, that's the easiest, shortest Good. answer. Pick, pick Rather one. Rather than try um, and tell them about everything. Because that's just ridiculous. Yeah. You can't... You can't because if someone, in fact, we picked the perfect, the perfect three, right? Can mm-hmm. every human being benefit from aromatherapy? Yes. Can any, mm-hmm. every human being benefit from massage? Yes. Can any, every human being benefit from Reiki? Yes. Even the ones who don't know what it is and don't believe in it, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We can yep. all benefit from all of those things. Mm-hmm. You cannot market a business. This is, this is kind of business marketing 101. Mm-hmm. You cannot market to everybody in the world. 
So yeah. now be very specific about who you market to. In fact, the more specific you are, the more successful you will be and the more money you will make. And that is by far bottom line. In fact, I mean, you could, if somebody wanted to niche to the ridiculous, here, I'll, I'll, here's the story. My husband is a perfect example of this. He's a personal trainer. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, like, can everybody benefit from stronger muscles? Yes, we all can. Everybody, doesn't matter how old they are. And for a while, he was like, yeah, I'm going to help everybody. And, and guess how that mm-hmm. went for him. <laughs> good thing mom was but, working. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes, sometimes we have to um, learn the hard way, I guess. <laughs> yes. And no then, matter what our spouse is telling us. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Not making this up, honey. Um, and then she niched down so specifically and within a month had built a six-figure business. And he wow. went from... I'm gonna I'm gonna be a personal trainer to everybody in the world to I'm gonna be a personal trainer to only the people who work in this building. Wow. And he went That's from, interesting. <laughs> went from the entire world to a, an entire huge the whole the whole market was twenty five hundred people mm-hmm. and he went from struggling to six figure business literally overnight by doing wow. and focusing on just that. So you can you can niche by location, you can niche by type of person, by age, but there's a number of different ways mm-hmm. you can do that. But the truth is, think about who do you love to work with the most? Who do yeah. you who are some of the people that you love dealing with? And then figure out everything that you can about that person or those couple of people and go get more like them. Describe mm-hmm. them. Whatever yeah. their problems were, whatever their situation was, wherever they are, those are the people that you want to find. And you will be shocked at how it's scary to do. It's scary mm. to say, well, I don't know. I mean, what will happen if, if all I say is I'm going to only work with these kind of people? What will happen to the other people? Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the beauty is the other people will still come. My husband mm-hmm. still has people who go, well, I'm not working that building, but can I? Is there a way we can train maybe exactly. somewhere else? <laughs> Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> I know yeah, you're exactly. massage pregnant moms, but we, could you, I'm the husband, could you maybe massage me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get to decide. We're the CEOs of our own business. So, exactly. you know, there's no limit on that. It's just how can we help ourselves in our marketing? How can we help ourselves in our visibility? So, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for going into that, uh, Felicia, because I think that was really helpful, you know, for the audience. And and I hear these questions a lot in my own practice, so um, I thought that would be really valuable for for folks to hear. And oh, you, for sure. you know, yeah, it's just just really great to hear that. So, so um, you've I've heard you talk before about a way to avoid having any, anyone ever ask you that dreaded "what do you do" question. Yet still have everyone in the room know all about you. How, how can that be possible? Oh, this is my this is my favorite way. All right, so we go to a networking meeting. We're gonna nobody ever hires me for math, so we're gonna keep this easy. You go to a networking meeting. Let's pretend there's 50 people in the room. Mm-hmm. Of those 50 people, how many people can we really talk to? Even like doing what we were just talking about, you know, how did you get started and that, mm-hmm. like in an hour, let's just say the meeting is an hour long, maybe it's two hours, whatever it is, or we're going to use an hour for easy math. 
right? So five people out of 50, we can really probably have a decent conversation with that 10 minutes a person over the course of an hour. No, it isn't. If it's six people, it's 10 minutes a person over the course of an hour. All right, now there's 44 people that we did not meet who maybe need us or we need them, and we don't know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're stuck. So here's how you yeah. become the person. And, and you never have to introduce yourself ever again. Nobody will ever say, what do you do? When you show up to the meeting and the meeting planner, the event planner, the uh, meeting professional, whoever it is, has already done the marketing for you in advance of you being there because you're mm. the speaker. Ooh. <laughs> you, there you go. You, you walk in and they go, oh, see your name badge that everybody, mm-hmm. they give you when you get there, and they recognize your name and they, because most of the time people go to events, like we're all members of all different kinds of groups and organizations. Very often we choose to go that day because we've looked at who the speaker was going to be and we thought, well, that sounds like an interesting topic and we'll go hear about that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people go to every meeting all the time and they don't even look at who the speaker is. They don't care. They're just going to go to the meeting. But there are a lot of folks in that room who are there very specifically to hear the speaker. Why not yeah. let that person be you? Because now I don't have to shake hands with anybody in that room and all of them are going to know about me and what I do. And so I call yeah. that serving from the stage. So that tip, that same tip that you would stand up as, you know, you go around the room and everybody's mm-hmm. doing their 30-second introduction, you just expand that. I call that your mm-hmm. signature speech. And you serve your audience from the stage. You answer maybe three or four of the most frequently asked questions that you get. Um, when people, you know, I do massage. Well, really, you do that? too. Oh, can you grab my shoulder here and make it better? How often do I have to come? Like, answer some of these questions. Why do people mm-hmm. need massage? Is that really important? Do you have to do that on a long-term basis? Whatever. Whatever the questions are that you get. Answer those questions yeah. and give people some tips. Like, if you wanted to massage yourself right now, you know, here's a way to find out if you need a massage on a regular basis. Hold up your arm this way. Touch here on your wrist. Touch here on your forearm. Touch here. Oh, wow. Touch it. Oh, wow. Oh, that hurts. I didn't realize that even hurt. How about that? Okay, you could benefit from massage. <laughs> wow, really? Now, all of a sudden, you're opening people's eyes. Here's how you fix that, that little challenge. And then give people, like, tell people how they can fix themselves. Tell people how they can do whatever it is. Give them a little, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of folks who do EFT. This is, that's an easy one to help people with. Right now, we're all going to do it together. Here we go. We're going to tap here, and we're going to say whatever the words are. We're going to tap up here, and we're to, whatever the words are, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about EFT to know the words, but whatever, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to do the tapping, and then, and like, isn't that – and then some, some people will recognize, uh, you know, that maybe in that moment there was something that helped them. Some people will be like, wow, that sounds really cool. Maybe I need to do it more, or maybe I need to do it better. And, like, I want more of that, and I don't know that I'll be able to do it to myself, and maybe I should learn from this person. All of a sudden now – because you've served them, because you've helped them, because you've given them something, and, and maybe you're just sharing information. Like I don't, I don't have necessarily. Um, actually, I do. When I do this, kill the elevator speech, speech in person to live audience, I say, all right, everybody, stand up, go meet somebody you never met before, and ask them how they got started. Go, and everybody gets up and they go and they take hands. Doing that, everybody's laughing, we're having a good time. Everybody's best friends. Who knew? So there's there's always a way that you can get folks interested in what you're talking about. But yes. from the stage, because the meeting planner, they've done all the work for you. You never have to market yourself because they send yeah. out the emails. They, yeah. are the, they, put your, they put your picture on their website. They put a link. Oh, my gosh, they put a link. Um, mm. They put a link to <laughs> back to your website. If you know anything about Internet marketing, a link from their website to yours is a really good thing. 
Um, yeah. It's it, all these great things happen when you're the one who's willing to stand up and say, "Hey, I'll, I want to, I want to help." And you do that yeah. to the groups of people who fit your target market, who yeah. fit your ideal market. And for those of you who are still still too scared to do that, then this is a fantastic way to market yourself to anybody you feel like marketing to. Just change your speech ever so slightly. So if you're going to go speak to a group of moms at the, you know, a, a, wherever the local moms are gathering, some church groups and organizations have those, you know, mom support groups kind of thing, well, I'll come and speak to your mom's group. Great. Then you can talk to moms about their challenges and how they could benefit from whatever it is that you help them do. Then you're going to, then you get invited and you want to go speak to business people. Great. Then you change your speech just ever so slightly to talk to the business people. Now, if you really feel like, well, I don't know if I want to pick something, then you don't have to. Um, you should, but let's just do it the hard way. Well, you can do a speech, and you change your speech a little bit for each audience, and now you'll get all the people in that room who are excited and interested about you helping them, whatever it is that you do. And they all know mm. you. So nobody will ever yeah. come up and go, what do you do? Because you're the speaker. You just told them. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think what's really important here is, and you're saying it in in, in, a, in, different, in a different way, Felicia, is that, um, you know, when you – not only do you get the access to the whole room, but you also elevate yourself as an expert, you know, which I think is really valuable. You you rise in the estimation of these people immediately, you know, by being in front of the room, being an expert around something. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Awesome. I mean, I, I, we could do a whole hour on just the signature speech alone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really yeah, how can uh, people learn more about the signature speech and more about the um, the elevator speech and all of those wonderful things, um, Felicia? Well, we've got some goodies and like some cool free stuff um, where there's you know there's a, a little report and I think there's a free chapter and um, awesome. kind of some free information and you've got the the website it's keys to keys to clarity dot com forward slash Elevator. That's easy to remember. remember <laughs> elevator is spelled with an O R. <laughs> yeah. Very so nice. yeah, and and um, I would encourage anyone listening to get Felicia's book because it's it's fabulous, you know, and it's such valuable information. So um, I really recommend that. Um, and I'll um, I think I've got your report that you sent out as well, um, Felicia. So I'm looking forward to reading more of that. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so thank you so much for being here. And I'd love you just to wrap up with um, with a, um, a pearl of wisdom you'd like um, to leave folks with. Yes. So, you know, business today is done in a very different way than business has been done in the past. Mm-hmm. And even with all of the technologies that we have, even with all how fast the world moves, it's moving so fast today because of the technologies that we have. It boils down to one human being choosing to do business with another human being. It doesn't matter the size of the company that that the you know either of those human beings work for. It boils down to does you know do you want to work with me? Do I want to work with you? Do I know you? And who do I know that I can connect you with that can help you? It's all about connecting on a human level. 
When you can connect with people on a human level and be memorable and be somebody who's seen as, as a person of value, somebody who has brought a moment of joy, a moment of inspiration, a moment of happiness, uh, a moment of serving to someone else's life, you will be remembered. And that is the key to being successful. Yeah, beautiful. I love that, Felicia, because, you know, we live in a world that's becoming faster and faster, you know, in terms of information technology and, and, um, you know, marketing being thrown at us from all angles, and it's not going to slow down. But is more meaningful now than ever before is exactly what you've just said is is our relationships with with human beings and how we can serve one another and that's what's going to create that um, success in our businesses so I'm really glad you finished off with that beautiful thank you thank you so much for being here Felicia really appreciate it thank you to all our listeners um, for our listeners, I have a little gift today as well that I'd love to share with you. I thought, wow, what can I share You know, that um, would be so perfect with um, Felicia's information? And I have an, um, a free report that I think you would really enjoy called The Seven Do's and Don'ts of Networking. The Seven Do's and Don'ts of Networking. So if you'd like to check that out, I've got some really fabulous little golden nuggets in there for you. And you can find that at budurl.com forward slash networking like a pro. That's budurl.com forward slash networking like a pro. And if you'd like to get updates about the show and what's coming up, just go to keystoclarity.com, sign up there, and uh, you'll get um, updates when when our shows come through. And and we normally have at least one um, special guest a month, sometimes two, depending on on, um, how excited I am about... uh, about what they do, <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm always inspired, and and that can that can shift things. So, have a fabulous week, everyone, and um, happy spring! It's spring today, even though it's snowing outside where I am in New Jersey. Hopefully, it's um, sunny where you are, and um, uh, look forward to talking to you all again soon. Thanks, Felicia. Bye, everyone. <laughs>